0: welcome in tiger fans another week of play-by-play presented by our friends at the advocate along with the illustrious Kent Lowe I'm Chris Blair and it's a pleasure to have you join us another busy week coming off a busy week and another busy week coming up as again we start heading towards conference championships and NCAA action uh for the tiger teams and Kent, we'll start with baseball, LSU again this week, number one in the land. And actually, their odds now of winning the College World Series increased a little bit with the sweep over Alabama, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, back-to-back sweeps in the SEC on the road at Ole Miss uh, in dramatic fashion. And then really three really tough contested ball games at the box this week. And credit Alabama. I mean, they're a team that has done a lot of offense. Um, they showed it, tested LSU, and I think the Tigers, talking to Jay Johnson on Monday, really feels like that's what they need um, to be tested, even here at home. Uh, as they say, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. So, uh, again, congratulations to baseball yeah. getting a sweep, which is not easy to do.
1: Well, our knowledgeable baseball fans all know uh, the, how difficult a weekend sweep is in this league. I mean, this league's the best in the country. And I mean, to get back to back sweeps, one of them on the road, I think you have to really put that in the impressive column. And Friday night, I got to watch Paul Skeen's pitch right. in person. I've seen him on TV so much, I had to go see this in person. And uh, I left. Uh, very impressed with the way he handles and conducts himself and uh, I think a lesson for for all pitchers is to how to get yourself through situations and how to just continue to battle out there and be strong. And uh, that was another impressive outing Friday night.
0: Well, as I mentioned to you when I saw you at the box Friday, I said, you know, he and Dylan Cruz, Tommy White, but certainly Paul Skeens in game one of weekend series is worth the price of admission. I mean, he's just, you know, Jay Johnson said it a bunch when you talk about Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz are expected to be the one or two. And right now Dylan's a top, but who knows when the draft comes along, but they are probably locks for the first and second pick this year. Not only do you not get to see them very often these type players play at the college level. And Jay said it, you may not see it for a long long time. And if you look at some of the greats Paul Skeens of course now in the same conversation with the great Ben McDonald, and there's been some great pitchers here at yeah. LSU, but you're talking about two names Ben McDonald and Paul Skeens. Uh not to date Ben a little bit. He's a he's a very young man. But it's been a while since LSU's seen a guy that can control a game, start a weekend, dictate the tone like Paul Skeens.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And you're right. There have been some good pitchers here, very good pitchers. But, boy, Skeens kind of takes it to another level at times. And uh, just his maturity, his leadership on the the mound, uh, it's really great. And I just like the way in the other two games LSU just battled. You yep. know, and just had kept to. coming at you and kept going till they could get the lead and then made the plays at the end to hold on for the wins.
0: You know, it was impressive. Uh, I invite everybody to follow Todd Politz, uh, our kind of stat man, especially for baseball. And you talk about the gorilla ball days and the offense that Skip had uh, when he really had it rolling here. When you look at the numbers based on the game so far, the innings played, this LSU offense is ahead of all of those teams as far as number of runs. Uh, And they used the long ball again this weekend, uh, throughout the weekend, to beat Alabama. And uh, it's hard to believe. We kind of talked about coming up on the end of the season. Uh, They finished with Alabama, sweeping the Crimson Tide at home. Roadshow this week, they go to Southeastern, they'll play uh, the Lions tonight over in Hammond, and then on the road to take on Auburn on the Plains Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Kent, there is one last home series remaining in the regular season to see Paul Skeens. Yeah. Dylan Cruz, possibly Trey Morgan uh, with Mississippi State coming up on May 13th. So, you,
1: you, you mentioned the Gorilla Ball. It is amazing. In college baseball this year, I don't know if anyone expected we'd see it again, you know. We would see this era happen again, and whatever the reasons are, the baseball, the seams, whatever, (laughs) stronger players, but I mean, everyone thought that. Ship had sailed and here's college baseball coming back again with a lot of exciting runs and a lot of games and then you throw in pitchers like paul Skeens, and, and this is a pretty fun baseball season to watch
0: well again it'll be uh, auburn this weekend in sec play who again has been very up and down a lot of teams in the sec especially the sec west uh, outside of arkansas and lsu <laughs> Uh, Everybody else kind of under 500, but they've had their big weekends. Auburn had a big one this past weekend. On the road in South Carolina, in Columbia, they defeated the Gamecocks two out of three, which, uh, as we all know, is not an easy thing to do. Real quickly, we've got – I know we're going to talk softball with Beth Tarina coming up in the next segment – uh, but track and field, I mentioned getting towards the end of the regular season and headed into the uh, conference and NCAA action. And track and field, both men and women are headed that way.
1: Right. Both teams ranked uh, number six in the nation. And uh, last week we talked about the 4x100 team and uh, what they've been doing. And they did even better this past Saturday over at Bernie Moore. Lowered the uh, nation's leading time by another tenth of a second. And it was the second all-time in LSU history uh, for them. And so I'm looking forward to watching them in a couple of weeks here at Bernie Moore when uh, the Tigers host the SEC Track and Field Championships. Three days and nights of it that Thursday, Friday, Saturday Uh, The 10th, uh, 11th, or I'm sorry, the 11th, 12th, and 13th of May. And that should really be a lot of fun. There are going to be some uh, top flight athletes here for that.
0: And real quickly, uh, both men and women's golf set their focus now. Women for sure, the men coming up, but they're setting their focus now on the NCAA tournament.
1: Right. The women uh, will tee off Monday. In uh, Palm Beach Gardens at uh, PGA National, home of the nice. fame, bear trap holes, nice. the Jack Nicholas uh, design that uh, everyone sees in the Honda Classic every year. Uh, top five in that event will go to the national championships. And then the men find out Wednesday afternoon on the Golf Channel where they will go. For their regional and tennis also finds out this week where their uh, first nca stops
0: for all them. right well the postseason is here for a number of sports and the postseason just around the corner for a couple of others including lsu softball we're going to take a quick break we come back beth Arena, head coach of your tigers going to join us for the second time here on play by play uh presented by our friends at the advocate coming up right after this yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 welcome back everybody as we told you we're gonna talk LSU softball and Kent it doesn't happen often here on the show we've been doing this for not quite a year but it's very hard to get someone to come back for a second time and I'm not sure what that is if that's you or me or I I, I don't know it's but probably are, me but we'll
1: <laughs> let that go we are huh? pleased
0: to have Beth Torino, one of my favorites here on campus coach of your LSU softball team kind of a end of the season headed into postseason theme this week Uh, for play-by-play but coach it's a it's a pleasure to have you back for a second time and you know in the first segment Kent where I we're talking about all these teams now that are gearing up for the postseason first of all you're in that world which I know is a whirlwind once it gets started does it seem like the season is headed down the last uh, weekend regular season here in 2023
2: well First thing, I didn't know I had a choice not to come back when I was – I'm just kidding. That's right. We, we, we always quiet, invite them to say, quiet.
0: you have a command appointment over at Play by Play. I'm
2: just kidding. I appreciate the opportunity. Honestly, you guys do such a great job of covering all of our teams. We appreciate everything you do. Um, you know, I, I we have a film log the staff right so it's like you click down the film log and you go through the team and then you you know well all of a sudden I was like scrolling down and I'm like oh my gosh there's no more teams we're yeah. at the bottom like that's how you know you made it because you watched all the film so last one in the film log this week with Georgia um, a very you know formidable opponent obviously they're sitting at the top of the league so um, but it's been a really fun run I know our team's been through some adversity and I think they've come out Swing in on the positive side, so um, but it, it's been a fun journey.
0: You know, when you look at the standings going into this final weekend, obviously Tennessee, a little bit of separation there. Although they could be caught depending on what happens, but they're seventeen and three in the league. And then you've got a number of teams, really two through six, that you know, again within striking distance. You guys, the good news, have Georgia second in the SEC currently, fifteen and five, coming to Tiger Park. I know talking to coaches a lot of time, they don't like to put an emphasis on a single game or even a single series. But when it comes to this and what will happen down the road in the postseason, is there a fine line between saying this is what could happen this weekend if we take care of business? or, Or is it really game by game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're all doing the math and, you know, looking at the numbers and trying to figure it out, and it's for no reason because they surprise you every year. But, (laughs) um, you know, our team's sitting in a really strong spot. We've made a really great case. We played a really strong strength of schedule. We're sitting still with a really high RPI. So um, we've made a really strong case. We need to win here this week and, you know, get a couple in the SEC tournament, and I think we'll, you know, be presenting a really strong resume to the committee.
1: Well, you have a resume that certainly, when you look at some of the bracketology right now, has you as one of the top eight national seeds. But, you know, that's part of playing in what I think is the toughest softball league in the country. And uh, you, uh, coming off the Alabama series, I thought Saturday afternoon you really – Showed some things in Tuscaloosa, the way the the players got the timely hit, moved runners along. I thought that was as near perfect a game as you could have Saturday afternoon.
2: Yeah, we played some really complete games. I think we have a complete team. Of course, getting it all to fire on the same day is the goal of every coach, right? And that's, you know, sometimes few and far between. But, um, you know, I think we have played some really complete games at times, and that Saturday game was definitely one of them.
1: I love your young pitchers. I mean, I think there's a bright future for them. And, and even though it wasn't a win, I thought the way you use them – against number one, Oklahoma, first of all, showed all of their versatility, but two, really kept the Sooners off balance in that game. I I assume that was your plan from the beginning, but, I mean, it was just, first of all, it was great to see all of them come in and not be intimidated, not let the moment be too big for them. But the way they all pitched in that game was absolutely fabulous. And just for a couple of unearned runs, you're right there.
2: Yeah, that was fine. We have one more too that they pinch hit there at the end, and she didn't get her moment. But there's another one that's really talented <laughs> freshman too. Um, started the year with a little bit of an injury. We haven't seen a ton of our Emma Stroud, but um, yeah, we did that without Allie Kilponen, our right, you know right. our big senior. So um, and and there was a there was a plan to get Ally in the game too, but I looked at it at one point, and I'm like, we're not going to get you in, and she's like, cool, I'll throw against someone it matters, you know. <laughs> um, so it was a really fun day. Lindsay and I spent a lot of time just matching up hitter to pitcher and where. it fit and we got the lineup and luckily there was a little rain delay so we could kind of go back and shuffle some things and like we're going to hit this part with her and this part with her and it really worked and I agree with you they competed like like veterans like you know like they've been doing it for years it was really fun for the pitching staff
1: and the crowd that night just just fabulous first of all to get the number one team to come Two Baton Rouge midweek for an opportunity like that for your team and for them as far as it goes with strength of schedule and RPI. That's pretty good to showcase on national television on a midweek.
2: Yeah there was a moment Lindsay said you know one of the defenders for Oklahoma was trying to communicate with the coach and she was like I can't hear what you're saying I can't hear you and we were like let's go Tiger Park thanks for showing up that was awesome it was a really incredible crowd it was a fun night.
0: Coach Beth Tarina joining us this week on Play by Play and speaking of Tiger Park the Tigers 23 and 6 at home this year and again they'll take on Georgia this weekend uh, final regular season series in SEC play and they'll obviously be honoring uh senior members uh, of, uh, of their team. And, Coach, I know there's going to be evaluation at the end of the season as it is um, every year. But I, I'm sure because you, you follow the analytics, you guys look at the data, you discuss it as a coaching staff and probably share some, maybe not all, with the players. Um, but when you look at this team so far, when things are going right, what are the components to this softball team? And then on the other side, when maybe you haven't played as well, what are things you guys can control Uh, again, with, with the number of games you've already put behind you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think our team has shown to be very complete. I think some of the fun things about this team is the way they play defense all year. I mean, they're at the top of the league in double plays. And you've seen, you know, Carly Petty and Taylor Pleasant turn in double play after double play, which is exciting, gets us out of a lot of jams. Um, you know, and then I think Danica Coffee and Sierra Briggs are getting on base when things are going well. Um, the two of them are just such tough outs. I mean, so tough that like we see other people change their defenses and change their fields and do all kind of things to try to get them out. It's incredible how much respect. Um, They're not outright telling us they're respecting them, but you can tell (laughs) by the decisions that they're making that those two command a ton of respect from around the country.
0: The other thing that, that, again, I follow the baseball team all year long, Jay Johnson in two years, not quite two full years, but he said to me, you know, what I've learned since coming here from Arizona is there's SEC baseball and then there's college baseball. And he goes, there really is a difference. And when I get a chance to watch LSU softball, whether you're playing at Tiger Park or whether you're on the road, I get a sense that when you play in this league weekend after weekend with the teams that you battle against, that it prepares a team, all of them, to head to the postseason. Um, again, where do you place SEC softball when it looks at the rest of the landscape of the sport?
2: Yeah, it's incredible how competitive it is. I mean, it's there's never a weekend where you show up and you think like, oh, you know, we can just let some people play and do this. It's like there's not a game where you can't get beat on your schedule. You know, all 24 games, you have to bring your best game or you're going to have a problem. And I think, too, um, it hasn't happened to us yet. Knock on wood, and if it does, we'll deal with it. But, you know, we haven't gotten that SEC, SEC postseason and matchup. And that always seems like, whoa, he can breathe. You know, they don't have every single thing about us. They're not breathing down our necks. They don't, you know, I think in the SEC, it's just so competitive the way people prepare, the way they do their film, the way they, you know, look at a team and analyze a team is just with the best of the best.
0: You know, when I looked at the standings and we talked about it, can uh, Tennessee a little there out in front, but there's a lot of uh, close standings uh, from two through six. And then I started looking at the stats on the season. And, you know, again, LSU third in batting average, uh, their fourth in on-base percentage, I think third in overall ERA in the conference. Um, again, not trying to put the cart before the horse, but there's no players here, so I think I can talk to you about this. The They'll tournament, never hear this. The uh, tournament that's coming up in Fayetteville, again, there'll be seedings, and that always impacts the tournament and who you draw and how you draw. But i got to believe this is, once again, going to be an incredibly competitive SEC tournament up in Fayetteville, where it would be hard to early on go, yep, I think that's the team that's the favorite.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it comes down to matchups, you know, once you get there, like I'm not going to tell you right now on air, but I know the teams I don't want to match up against, not because they're necessarily that much better than some of the others, but I know our team's strengths and I know their strengths, so I know who matches up well. So I think a lot of it is, you know, getting the right matchup against a team that you can compete against, because like I said, every single team can beat you. There's not one team that will be in Fayetteville next week that can't beat anybody else.
1: I think that Alabama pitcher has been uh, going against you for about 10 years. You want to know a like. crazy
2: number? We had over 6,000 pitches in our system from her. It's wow. time for her to move on, <laughs> isn't it? It's time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Well,
2: she she is, uh,
1: in, in all seriousness, she is a little bit more of kind of an SEC throwback to the early years of the league when one pitcher <laughs> – would throw two or three games in a weekend Uh, you don't see that as much anymore
2: well she's that good yeah I mean she's that good Auburn's Maddie Penta is that good this year they're just and they're really strong athletic you know women that can just pull off throwing a lot of games in a weekend and that is unfortunate for the rest of us because they're really really good they're so talented
1: but it seems based on history at least that that you've seen in the postseason, a team like LSU with several different successful options pitching-wise, that can be an advantage in a long, tough, regional situation.
2: There's no question. I mean, on, on Sunday, you know, we're not like baseball where we have to announce our starters, right? I debated four starters up until about, you know, an hour and 15 minutes before the first pitch on Sunday. I was going through four different players for i mean it's a huge game right it's the series on the line and i debated four different pitchers that i thought all could get the job done which is a really great problem to have
1: i i want to before we and i want to talk about the the three seniors but before we do that i want to talk chris for a moment about uh the annual teal weekend at lsu and i just was really happy to see the whole league participating in the the campaign this year. I mean, it was really cool watching the SEC games on TV and seeing all the teams in teal. But I mean, and this has got to mean so much for you. All that, how far this continues. I've had people at the beginning of the season going, "When's the game? Yeah, absolutely. When's the uh-huh. when's the event? You know, is it going to happen?" and you know to watch when those people the survivors the fighters come out on the field before the game and then your mom throws out the opening pitch i mean it's just something special i mean it really really is and to see the people that came out that night everybody in their teal shirts i mean it was just special to be in that park that night
2: I'm glad you brought it up because it is so close to my heart and I do feel like no matter what happens that day it's a win you know I mean um, it's also just such a reminder that of course we want to win like that's our goal like I'm not trying to sound soft here you know like but we want to win and we're going to win but it's also just incredible to see how linked these women that wear LSU on their chest are to this community and what they mean to this community um, and the women that stand on the field before the game that you know our players are out there holding hands with them and patting them on the back and how they're uplifting them and honoring them it's just such a cool moment I think for the entire Baton Rouge community um, it truly means the world to me so I, I appreciate you bringing it up it was a really special day couldn't have asked for much more in that weekend that's for sure
1: no and you couldn't ask for much more in the game that night because you fell behind early like three to nothing I think and then You had to make a pitching change and then here comes the LSU offense and it's like 10 to 4, the place is going nuts. And uh, and it was – it's it's uh, it was uh, just a great night I mean, it really was
2: it really was the entire weekend and having mississippi state here was special yeah. that was really yeah. cool getting to have them you know in the venue for for the event just you know with their connection to ovarian cancer as well and alex wilcox so it was special having them here and you know sam ricketts is just such a upstanding citizen in the sport of softball so having her speak at the walk um was really special i think for everyone to hear um Let's talk about
1: these three seniors, if we could. Allie Koponen, uh, Savannah Stewart, Georgia Clark. God, we could talk for half an hour on their accomplishments. I mean, it's just, you know, they've been very special to this program.
2: They have, and you know, it feels like they've been here forever because I think they have, right? Getting that extra bonus <laughs> year, um, but they all have such great stories. You know, their career didn't start with them just walking out on the field and playing every game. They all kind of earned the right to be there. Um, I was thinking about them so much here just this last week, um, you know, going into their senior weekend. And usually, I like to give them a Tigers trait. You know, like when they leave, like we have the trust, integrity, grit, energy, relentless, selfless. That's our motto, Tigers for life. But all three of them just represent energy like they just bring such great energy to our team like savannah stewart is just the ultimate teammate like in or out of the game she's on the top step she is the loudest one she is screaming like you want her for you if you ever have to do anything just call her (laughs) because you want her for you um you know same with georgia she has just fought and fought and fought for us she makes us brave every time she steps in the box and then ali kilponen in my opinion has has not just been a superstar on the mound but she's kind of changed how we do business in our bullpen like she's made the staff feel like a staff she has been just such a glue person in there um like no matter what kind of day she's having she might be so mad she throws a pitch and she still looks at the mound next to her and is like Ailey that was awesome I love that change up that was great like she's always going to be for you which is a really cool thing in a I mean in a bullpen where everybody wants the ball right we're pitchers like we all want to be the one in the circle.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, why you're successful this year is because you have a, quote, team, and especially among your pitching staff.
2: Yeah, they, it has been really, really special. I think Allie's really helped some of the younger players, help the freshmen. You know, I mean, I think, um, you know, it makes them stronger when they can see her go do it. And then now Sydney Burzon, you know, is not concerned because she knows she's got a support system when she's out there battling for us. So Allie created that. She really did. I think she made it, and it's still competitive. They still all want to play and they want to pitch, but they understand sure. if it's not their day, um, the LSU pitching staff is still going to get it done and they're going to be supported.
1: Can I, can I get one more in here? Sure, go ahead, I, I just yeah, thought absolutely. I just thought of this. <laughs> I don't know why you're asking me. I don't know. Well, I mean, you are the chief host. <laughs> no, here, right? no, no, I mean, no, you know, I, It's 50-50. What did you think when you saw that night 699 come up on the
2: scoreboard <laughs> at, at the end of the game? I, did you have a – clue something was up okay well first i was very confused because 699 was such an odd number and i was like wait we won our 600th game not that long ago so i know there wasn't 99 more so i was a little confused at what it was um i actually had to like read the subtitle on the scoreboard and then i saw you know coach gerard and, and carol come out and um that was really cool getting them to come out and just you know hug us and be a part of it and um, you know you can't ask for much more when you're taking over a program of having the support of the previous coach the way Coach Gerard has supported us um, and it's my entire staff it's not just me it's you know Howard and Lindsay and Quinn they've been by my side for all right. six ninety nine which is an incredible feat um, so it's it's incredible having Coach Gerard though pull for us and support us and just be a shoulder yet. You know, not be overbearing and not tell us how to do our job. She's just supported us the right way the entire time.
1: And Carol Smith uh, is the other coach she referenced who coached Tiger Softball back in the uh, original incarnation of the program in the late 70s, very early 80s. So it was great to have both of them there and down on the field uh, for the ceremony when uh, you uh, coached the most games in program history which is now up by mathematics here, over 700 now, 704, I think. And uh, now uh, 707 is the most games coached by any female coach here at LSU. That would have been Fran Florey, so that's coming up. And, you know, she's not that far away from most wins for a softball coach at LSU so uh, we're gonna have to keep celebrating her a little bit that's why she's a two-time guest here on play by play that's her reward for all that
2: great I will say it's pretty incredible company to be mentioned with the names that you mentioned you know it's incredible company and I mean just the other day I called Fran and was like I need a pep talk today I need a little pep talk you know we hadn't played well and she brought me right back so you know these people are mentors of mine and then to have your name mentioned with them is is really incredible so um, the opportunity at LSU has been life-changing just for me and my family. It's, it's been incredible. I'm so grateful for it every single day
0: i the great Beth Tarina, head coach of your LSU softball team. Again, going in to the final regular season weekend uh, here at Tiger Park on campus. It'll be Georgia Friday, Saturday, and Sunday gets started 6 o'clock Friday, 3 o'clock on Saturday, and they'll finish up at 1 o'clock before they head to Fayetteville for the 2023 SEC tournament. Coach, real quick, uh, we got to talk a little softball here. Uh, give us the, the the scouting report on what you know about the Bulldogs, the, their strengths and, and what they do very well when they come to town.
2: They swing it. No bones about it. They swing it. That's what they're known for. I mean, they just uh, really have an incredible power offense, and they've been known for this for years, and this year is no different. They're, you know, at the top of every offensive category, but lucky for us, we're playing them in Tiger Park. We're playing them with a the deep pitching staff. We've got... Lots of things up our sleeve, you know, that we've shown at times, right? So um, hopefully we can match up well with them and swing with them.
0: i tell you what, Georgia leads in triples, home runs, and total bases. So uh, Coach has got the scouting report down. Big picture now, Um, not just for this weekend, but moving forward. Are there a couple of things that you say or look at, you and the staff and team, that say, you know what, this has to improve. We've gotten better as the year has gone along, but to make a big run, we've got to improve this or that. Are there a couple of things, or is it different every game, depending on the opponent?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think overall, extra base hits is an issue. Like, we need to get to second more often, you know, um, finding a way to do that, whether it be with a a bunt, with a... hit and run with some kind of way that we're an extra base hit you know hit a double I think we've got to get there a little more often I think um, our offense is maybe a little skewed from six weeks without Taylor Pleasant swinging a bat True. you know um, that's been an incredible story too um, you guys didn't even ask me about that and that's one of the best stories of yeah, the season Kim. yeah where How are you, you doing, guys <laughs> but the the, <laughs> the selfless decision that she made to kind of go up there and figure it out and do what she could and you know she could play defense but really couldn't swing a bat for six weeks um, Um, And she just looked at me one day and she was like, I'm going to give you what I've got. I want to be out there. And I was like, let's go you know yeah. and she's been doing it all year but we truly haven't had her until the last two weeks so I think just that fact alone it changes our whole lineup you know not having her in the three hole puts people out of position a little bit we're, we're pitched to a little differently um, Allie Newland was awesome in the three hole but um, even better having somebody there to protect Georgia a little bit um, so I think it lines us up to be more comfortable to be in a better spot so I think uh, they'll be in good shape moving forward
0: I wanted to ask you this uh, and the first time you were on but it was prior to to baseball season this year for college baseball and major league for that matter they've they've made some rule changes to speed up the game and I know when you were on here last time we talked about what a great format that college softball is for the television space because of the time again you play seven innings most days when it's not extra innings but don't you think it's a smart move because we've seen the growth in audience not only for college softball, but certainly for SEC softball and and the coverage they get on the SEC network and ESPN. But to be able to have that packaged in a way that people can consume, enjoy the excitement, I got to believe you believe baseball's headed in the right direction, no? No.
2: Definitely, definitely. I mean, my gosh, who wouldn't want to turn on LSU baseball this year? It's so fun. I know, like, the minute our game ends, our whole team is, like, pulling out their phones, like, how's baseball doing? Like, oh, he hit another home run. Oh, my gosh, this guy. We're coming back. We're doing this. We're swinging it. Like, it's seriously, like, that's all that's talked about on our bus, in our meeting rooms when we're on the road is we're checking in on them right off the bat. It's been a fun season to watch them, too. It's been incredible.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I do.
2: I did. Nick Torina did purchase me the uh, Paul Skeens Keep It 100 Plus shirt. Oh, really? So I will be sporting that next time you see me. Um, I'm big fan, big fan. So.
0: Well, we just talked earlier. Kent got his yeah, first I eye. I finally got to see got to the him game in person. Friday.
1: He's. Not bad. He can. Uh, <laughs> That's what he's, can. Got a, he's got a chance, you know. He he's told got a me chance. this morning. He said
0: he's not bad. He's not yeah, bad. no, he's not well, bad well, at I'm all. I'm
2: gone in and wearing the t-shirt, so to speak. So there you go, Karen.
0: You need to get you one. We need both of us need to get one. Coach, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you come and join us and talk uh, LSU softball. I know it's an exciting time of the year. It's uh, going to be a great weekend at Tiger Park. We'll get to salute the seniors, uh, get after the Georgia Bulldoggies a little bit, and then head up to Fayetteville and that postseason begins. Uh, and always, always feeling good about the Tigers. So congratulations on the season thus far, and let's keep it going for several more weeks.
2: Awesome. Thank, Thank you yeah. guys for the support. Appreciate All
0: right, it. that's uh, Beth Terena, head coach of your LSU softball team. Don't forget, in action, Tiger Park Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against Georgia. For the coach, for Kent Lowe, I'm Chris Blair, and we certainly appreciate you coming by and joining us on Play by Play, and we'll be back here on uh, LSU Gold real soon. Until then, so long, everybody, and go Tigers. Ha 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 ha